and welcome back to Young and Wifed Up. This is Marcella. And I'm Gabby. And thanks for joining us this week for another episode. Before we get started today, make sure to head to youngandwifedup.com to listen to any past episodes and get all the resources from today. And also check out our Facebook group. It is now live. It's been live for about a month now. It's been super great connecting with everybody. And it's just a great, a great place to talk to everybody a little bit more personally, more one-on-one. Mm -hmm. with weekly threads and commenting back and forth. It's been a lot of fun. So go ahead and check that out. The link should be on our website as well. Yeah. And if you have any friends that you want to check out Young and Wifed Up, the Facebook group is a great place to start because if we add our friends there and they're seeing the communication between us, then that's another way that you guys can help support our podcast. Yeah. So how are you doing today, Lex? Pretty good. Pretty good. We are recording in a new location today. Yeah. So we moved um officially like over this last week i think we announced a couple of weeks ago on our last Mm -hmm. episode that we were moving it's literally five minutes away it wasn't that big of a deal (laughs) we're in a much larger it was a big deal for us though because now we have to drive to you that's true instead of walk to you walking (laughs) yeah because you're literally just down the down the sidewalk but now they have to drive it's fine it is a beautiful house like God seriously blessed you guys with this situation yeah. and the timing of everything was so perfect and you can just see God's hand in working in the whole, like this whole process. And yeah. now you guys get to enjoy this beautiful house and Seth has more room to run, literally yes, he run. needs, he desperately <laughs> needed the room. The past few days we've been watching him just totally enjoying every inch of the house. Like he <laughs> just runs back and He forth. literally just makes runs in laps around the house and he's like going (laughs) while he's running and just laughing and just having the best time of his life so it's you can tell it it was a really um good transition for him (laughs) yeah we're yeah we're super grateful so if it sounds a little bit different for this episode that's that's why because yeah we're trying to figure out what the best setup is you know because because we're in a new place just trying to figure out where's the most comfortable place for us to record and also like the best conducive for audio and stuff like that so our producer ryan is helping us out so thank you ryan again for all that you do for us and uh, if you hear things that might be different or unusual it's because we're working out the kinks yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you and i were just having a talk about Britney Spears. Oh, yeah. Okay. Can we quickly touch on that? So you watched it before I did. I've been seeing stuff about it. It's this Britney Spears documentary on Hulu about like the hashtag free Britney thing and like the Mm -hmm. whole conservatorship. If you like don't know about everything that's been going on with her, like the past, oh gosh, I don't even know how many years, like 10 years, maybe it's been a long time. And if you have Hulu, you should totally watch this documentary. It's It's under the New York Times. So it's the New York Times presents Framing Britney Spears. And it is on Hulu if you have Hulu. And I've been seeing a lot of things over the past year about like a free Britney hashtag or whatever. And obviously, if any of us have been alive, you know, in the past 10 years, we remember the notorious paparazzi videos of her like, like, breaking the glass of of a uh, paparazzi's window yeah. in this car or shaving her shaving head her and, head like, and yeah. everybody's like she's lost her mind and then there's all there's these literally conspiracy videos. so much more to it but there is so yeah there's so much more and it's honestly heartbreaking like thinking about how media and how we as consumers of media like totally destroyed this person's life yeah and how she's like literally 
chained like she's like in her own personal prison yeah financially and medically like everything and she probably has so many mental health problems Mm -hmm. like there's already you know obviously she does because there's a lot of stuff that have come out you know of her going back and forth from different psychiatric um care facilities and stuff but it just makes you see things from a totally different side and hearing from people that used to work with her. And it's just, I don't know. It was just a really well done documentary. Yeah, so, it was good. It was like a little bit over an hour. So it's something you can like do in a yeah, night. And it's I, just a one episode thing. Yeah, I think I I watched it while I was cooking dinner one night. Yeah. And I just had it on on my iPad while I was cooking. And it was just, yeah, it's really sad. And it, it makes me want to pray for her and think yeah. about her situation yeah. a lot more because- Sometimes I feel like we forget that those people are people like you and me. And like, I know that's a really cliched thing to say, but if we experience pain and trauma, imagine experiencing pain and trauma with in the, pu- in the public millions eye. Millions and millions yeah. of people like yeah, scrutinizing every small thing that you do and how you parent your children and how you handle mental health problems. Like it just, oh, it's heartbreaking. So yeah. it you guys should watch it. Gives it. You, it definitely forces you to like have more compassion Yes, for people like her and like to think twice like about yes. people who are in the public eye. and Especially because, and too, seeing in that documentary how overly sexualized she was and then seeing like people talking about her personality that she was actually very shy and mm. not like that. Yeah. Like she was not this like, sex symbol that everybody made her to be that she really like did not like that like that was not her thing she was always very uncomfortable with those things but are we thinking like those people don't really have control over there's contracts there's legal things there's so much that goes into it that we just don't know so i feel like we were really quick to judge instead of thinking about all the other aspects to what their lifestyle is like, you know, and what we're seeing. Yeah. So I, I had told Jed, cause we just, we watched it two days ago. We watched it two nights ago and it, it came out pretty recently, but mm. I was like telling him like, Oh, should you want to watch this documentary with me? And he was like, Oh, I already know, you know, she shaved her head. And like, that's probably the most popular thing. Like when yeah. she went crazy <laughs> is she like shaved her head and then like went not so. Yeah. And I was like, no, I was like, it's like mostly about like conservatorship and like, what's been going on most recently and he was Mm -hmm. like what and jed had no idea so i like wonder like how many other people really have no idea what's been going on with her like her father has complete control of her life and like it's disgusting it's so scary yeah so thinking about like you know what even is that even an ethical thing to do like yeah i feel like i haven't thought about the moral implications or like even biblical implications of having complete control over somebody's finances and and health and well-being if they're like a young person that can actually make decisions on their own yeah you know what i mean like because i know they when they talk about conservatorship they kind of talk about the the history behind it like it was more for elderly people that struggle with alzheimer's and dementia and stuff like that yeah but then it started extending to things that like in her case i think that i personally think after seeing the documentary and also doing a lot of research on my own outside of that that she was not a good candidate for that you know oh yeah no she was capable of totally capable of of taking care of herself and her children yeah you know so anyway go watch it it's crazy maybe that's something we can add to like a conspiracy theory episode yes which i've been thinking about that so much more and i really think that we need a plan when we're going to do that because yeah there's a lot of things on my mind lately that are definitely conspiracy theory worthy yeah (laughs) okay so we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with this week's topic 
Whether we like it or not, what we do online affects our lives offline. Especially now that we are starting to raise our own families, not only do we want to teach our children to use the internet with integrity, but we also want to guide our own hearts and remain pure online. Covenant Eyes is the leading force in internet and screen accountability software. Start your 30-day free trial today with the promo code YOUNGANDWIFEDUP. You can activate the Covenant Eyes software on all your electronic devices. Begin your journey in providing protection and encouraging accountability by clicking on the link on our website at youngandwifeduck.com. Okay, so before we get into today's topic, let's make a huge disclaimer. If you have people around you that you don't think should be hearing us talk in graphic detail about reproductive about health. Reproductive health. <laughs> And menstrual cycles, then listen to this at a different time or put your headphones in. Yeah. And if you are my father or father-in-law or Marcella's <laughs> father-in-law, <laughs> turn this off immediately. <laughs> and not that I don't like I not that I don't think that men should be involved in these conversations, but those people in particular, please don't listen to this. <laughs> There's some things that I think can be left to, to discretion, <laughs> but um, but we'll talk also more in the end of our episode, you know, communicating with our spouses and stuff like that. But yeah, I just wanted to make that disclaimer. You think that's an appropriate disclaimer? Yeah, Do you want to add to it? No, yeah, I think you've got it. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm we're going to use pretty explicit graphic language. Like I don't want to always say menstrual cycle. Like I will probably say bleeding period yeah like discharge <laughs> like words that normal, are normal things and i i feel like too i was telling ryan this i had oh, i'm always on something and this was one night i was like ryan there is nothing out there that is like christian and conservative about reproductive health there's no podcast there's That's no true. nothing i have it's never all seen any. saturated yeah. with worldly um like worldly philosophies and like just Things that I just cannot get with, but then trying to get the information when I was searching, when I was having period problems, all the resources that are available to me are things that from people that I do not agree with about most things. But then they have so much good to say about reproductive health and periods and period health. And so I think that kind of, I always told him like, I wish that I, I wish I had like a million little lives so that I can like be a professional at this and a professional at that. And I feel like in another life, I would have loved to be somebody that can really be a Christian in the reproductive health industry. Yeah. But instead, I feel like the best thing that I can do and you can do and yourself as a listener is to educate ourselves and then talk about it with our friends and family. Because I feel like that's the biggest way that we can share information is like somebody coming to us and saying, I'm having X, Y, Z issues. And us saying, you know what? I think I have an answer for you. I've been dealing with these issues too. Mm, yeah. And this is what has been working for me. So even though we can't really have a huge platform for reproductive health, because we're not health professionals, we do know that there's a lot of things that can work for our bodies and research that we've done on our own um, that we can share with you guys as peers. Um, to help maybe your period health. Yeah. I think I think the other disclaimer we should also put is that we're not here to give out like medical advice. Absolutely like not. if yeah. you need to go, you know, see somebody, we'll recommend a couple of things. Yeah. But um it's different for everybody. If you're having totally. serious issues, you need to go, 
you need to go see a professional. Yes. And that's not here. No, absolutely <laughs> we're not, not. professionals. Yeah. We're just like, you and I are chatting over coffee and we're talking about talking our periods. About our periods. <laughs> that's what this yeah. is. So Marcella, can you quickly give us maybe like a timeline of your period health, you know, from the beginning, yeah. even when you first started menstruating and even now as somebody that went through your first post, your first post, I cannot speak. Your Postpartum. First, your first PP. <laughs> Your first PPP postpartum, postpartum period. period. <laughs> okay, so I got my first period when I was 11, which is, I feel like that's pretty typical. It's like an average Dude, age. I don't think so. I think we were on the younger side. Really? Because I've heard a lot of people that said 13 to 14 was when they got their period. Really? Because I, a lot of people that I spoke to, they were like 11, 12. And then well, like 13, 14 people. was like kind of like late. I don't know. Everybody's different. Yeah. But um, obviously there's like a an average age range. So I was I was in that. So there wasn't any issues with me like starting my period. And um, yeah, I think it was it was a little bit easier for me because you got your period before I did. And so I mm-hmm. kind of already <laughs> knew what was going on. Lucky you. Like I wasn't like. <laughs> completely caught off guard when it first happened i was like okay i know the drill you know you get your pads or whatever um yeah and then i've had a pretty normal period throughout my whole life i mean normal is very subjective but um normal as in like regular Mm -hmm. so i would get it you know around the same time every month it was pretty easy to keep track of but the periods themselves were heavy painful and long okay so the schedule was pretty consistent but as far as your average length like as an as an adult what has been your average length of bleeding and cycle um as an adult i actually think it got a little bit shorter as i got older so now my periods are mm, i don't know like six days like five to six days okay and then when i was younger like especially when i was a teenager they would be like eight yeah eight to nine days right um but it just depends like sometimes they're different um so yeah so and then um i was never on any birth control or anything like that jed and i did natural family planning Mm mm-hmm which we um, should do an episode about. And yeah, I, we should. I think we're going to we're gonna plan on doing yeah, that soon. Yeah, that's because we're really passionate about NFP. <clears throat> so anyway, so yeah, I didn't go on birth control. I felt like when I was a teenager and even getting into adulthood, I had hormonal imbalances anyway. So I didn't want to be taking anything that could possibly make it worse. So mm-hmm. I was really adamant about not being on birth control. So I had periods all the way up until I got pregnant mm-hmm. with Seth. Well, I had I had a miscarriage back in 2018. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on the podcast. I've talked about it I on my Instagram. So. Yeah. Um, but I, I got pregnant in 20, in the fall of 2018. I had a miscarriage and then my period returned after my miscarriage, like two months after it. Mm-hmm. So then a few months after that, I ended up getting pregnant again with Seth. And then obviously, you know, you don't have your period for the nine months or whatever. And then I had Seth and then I got my period trying to remember i think i was like 10 weeks postpartum okay so it that's was actually it was pretty, pretty soon. early that is very soon compared yeah. to what i've heard from people and i was full-time breastfeeding yeah also which, which is supposed al- to like 
stop push your period. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to. I mean, the, I don't know Everybody's how factual different. that is. Yeah. I mean, I feel Could like that's a Could be an old wives' myth. tale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I, I full-blown, like, got my period at 10 weeks. That's crazy. And we were, I was talking in the Facebook group, actually, like, yesterday <laughs> yeah. to a girl that was commenting because we did a poll um, about, you know, what kind of hygiene products that you use. And um, a girl was saying, like, oh, I want to I wanna try out the cup which is what I use now. I used to use pads and tampons back in the day, but I've just started using the cup like a few months ago. And, um, and I was like, okay. Or she was like, I want to use the cup, but I'm waiting for my like first postpartum period to come around. And then I want to try it. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm just warning you. Good luck. (laughs) Mine was really like the heaviest period I've ever ever had in my entire life Mm -hmm. it was so awful I was like bedridden so like that on top of like having to take care of a newborn was kind of insane yeah um yeah and obviously like you know after you actually have your baby you experience if you have a vaginal birth you experience like well even if you have a c-section too you experience like an insane amount of bleeding which is I mean it's like it's worse than any period you could ever have in your entire yeah. life. That was probably like the worst experience ever, but it's, it's just normal. It's just what happens after you give birth. But my period itself at the 10 weeks postpartum was, was pretty brutal. So I was telling her like, I would wait because yeah. the cup, like there's a lot of trial and error when it comes to using it. So yeah. And we'll I talk was, about that later, like in depth. Yeah. So I was suggesting to her, like, you know, maybe don't, don't use it on the first one like use something you're a little bit more familiar with and Mm -hmm. then i think my periods went back to normal after a couple of months and now they're they're pretty much regular like back to what they were before i had seth which is pretty awesome because i know that doesn't happen to a lot of people yeah so i was able to rely on like a regular schedule again essentially with my period which was really nice so yeah and that's pretty much up until now that's been my my history with periods and stuff awesome well my my experience is like polar (laughs) polar opposite so hopefully we can give you guys like we cover all the bases yeah (laughs) from every every angle so i also got my period um for the first time when i was 11 and unfortunately i as i was kind of reflecting i don't believe my mom had many discussions with me about it before and it's okay mom i forgive you (laughs) but i feel like i I knew something was going to, I knew that there was such thing as a period, but I did not, I was not prepared for the pain and I was not prepared for the amount of blood. And so I remember it being very traumatic. And I remember it happening when we were on our way to an Assemblies of God competition where we were going to perform um, drama skits because we grew up in the Assemblies of God and they have like these talent competitions or whatever. And so we... We were like in a hotel. We had no, we had no products, no nothing. It was, it was, we were all very unprepared. And because I'm the first born woman in the family, um, it was kind of like a panic. (laughs) It was like a scrambling panic. And so I feel like with that experience, I feel very empowered to introduce the concept of menstruation to my daughter's much earlier (laughs) Mm. so that they are prepared for what could happen to their bodies. And I also now feel strongly about starting them with a cup from the beginning. And I'll kind of talk about that more about that more later. Was the cup around when we were that young? It was not popularized until the late like 2000s. So it's only been kind of mainstream the 
past like five to 10 years, which is really crazy to think about. And I was just listening to an interview today to kind of get um, on on a podcast that I will not recommend because again, the resources. I just, oh, I wish there was more resources that I can get behind. But I was listening to this one episode about the owner of the Diva Cup. And she said that they still are struggling with getting into stores, like mainstream stores in certain places. In California, I've been noticing it more like in, in stores, I kind of look for it almost mm. like when I'm walking down the aisle, like yeah. I wonder if they have cups. And I'm seeing it in my local Target and Walmart and Walgreens and stuff. But she's saying that there's a lot of Midwest states that are still kind of pushing back because they don't they think it's basically for hippies <laughs> essentially mm. like just to like put it out like there. they're not like, as open about they're not as open about new period products because i don't know like this is what people know and so they're not really interested because they're kind they, of stuck in their ways yeah. yeah so um anyway um back to my period health so my personal period as i was a teen and um into my young adulthood has always been a lot of trauma, like excruciating pain, um, super irregular. I never knew when it was coming. I could never predict it. And it was always long. Um, it was always up, up to 12, 12 days that I would be bleeding. Um, and so I didn't, whenever we would go to the doctor and, and discuss like the period pain or whatever, when, I, when my mom would take me to the doctor for whatever reason, they would always say like, oh, it's normal, you know, no big deal. Like she just has bad periods. You know, some people have bad periods and some people just experience more pain. So with the, with the information that my mom and I had, you know, there wasn't really much that we can do. And I feel like too, there was not a lot of education in um, traditional medicine about hormone imbalances and how that works even as a teen. Um, and so when I became a young adult, my periods got worse and worse. And I do remember a time where I didn't have my period for like months and I was, it was really bad. And I was like, where's my period? You know, I'm not on any birth control. I'm not on, you know, there were so many things that that was really confusing. Um, And then when I got married to Ryan, um, we were always opening to have, we were always open to having children um, from the beginning of our marriage. And so we, when we were, when we became sexually active together, um, my period escalated to a point where I was bleeding for months. Oh, like it got worse. Yeah. It escalated to the pain got worse. Like everything was, was so much worse than it was when I was growing up and it was always bad, but because we became sexually active, um, together and, and actively trying to have a baby, it got worse and worse and worse. Um, which is crazy because I, I feel like the more information I have now, apparently um, sexual activity can cause inflammation, which can exasperate women with PCOS, which Mm. I got diagnosed with PCOS the beginning of 2020. So I've only, I've been suffering for, gosh, 15 years. And not knowing. I've been suffering for 15 years and only for one of those years have I known what was wrong. Yeah. and. I oh, I don't know. I really, really wish, and if there is a single person, a person that is single that is listening to this, don't wait until you're married or till you're trying to have a baby. And even if you're a married woman that you're not, you're not trying to have a baby right now, do not wait to take control of your period health. If, you, if you're experiencing um, pain or um, 
struggling with abnormal periods, like that is your body's, that's your body's signal that there's something wrong. Yeah. And so I really wish, you know, and it's hard because, you know, I don't want to go back and I don't want to go back and be like, I wish I da 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 da. But if I could have done things different. Yeah. If you knew then what you know now. I would have gone and advocated for myself. Yeah. Um, it took three doctors. It wasn't until my third doctor that I got diagnosed. All the other doctors said, oh, you're just, you know, it's fine. Like your body changes as you get older and da 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 da, your period changes. So just let it you know, do what it needs to do. But finally, when I went to my third doctor, I demanded to get labs and I got labs and he said, Oh, you have PCOS. So that answered so many questions for me. Um, and if you don't know what PCOS is, it stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome and it doesn't just affect your fertility. It affects your whole body. Uh, and so there's a lot of indicators of PCOS, such as high testosterone, um, insulin resistance, a lot of things that can show up on your labs that can indicate that you have PCOS. So if mm -hmm. you do suspect that you might have some issues, um, asking for labs is the biggest thing that can help you. Um, okay, so that brings us to now. <laughs> um, I My period um, currently, I have been bleeding since November 4th. It is now February 18th. So my period is really bad right now. It's not good. I'm in a lot of pain. Um, and the Lord has to sustain me many days because <laughs> it is it takes a mental and physical toll on my overall my overall well-being, you know. Um, but because of all the issues I've had, I feel like I've become very passionate about period health, reproductive health. And really tried to educate myself because especially before I got doctors that listened to me, I had to be my own um, advocate, my own researcher um, to see what is going on in my body. So let's get into period health in general. So um, like I said before, a period is one, a lot of people call it the the fifth sign or whatever, where, oh, what is it called? The fifth Oh my gosh, it's going to drive me crazy. Anyway, there's like different signals of your body that tell you that things are going wrong and your period is one of them. As women, our body communicates to us about our health through our menstrual cycle. And one of the biggest thing is that we have, it's so normal or it's it's been normalized to have period pain. And just because something is common to women doesn't mean it's normal or healthy. So if you are experiencing ongoing or unbearable pain during your period, please go to a doctor, get labs, ask questions. If your doctor's not listening to you, find another one. Like yeah. legit, like be your own advocate. Period pain is not normal. Like you, we should not settle for period pain because if there's, if we're experiencing excruciating pain, there's something else going on in our bodies um, because periods are not supposed to be comfortable and fun, but, and you should experience some amount of discomfort, you know? Yeah. But it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be leaving you bedridden no. or like vomiting or, yes. or lightheaded or doubled over. Yeah. Yeah. And if your if your period is going beyond, if you're bleeding beyond seven to nine days, there's something going on. <laughs> like, yeah, there's some things that we just shouldn't settle for and be like, well, I guess, you know, I'll just see what happens. Like, don't wait. If you are, if you've been waiting to go get help, like I'm pleading with you, go get help. Like, don't let another day go by 
of you not taking control of your health and your well-being because I'm telling you like having answers and having some sort of um like piece of what's to know what's going on with your body it can really change how you take care of yourself how you nourish your body how you rest how you do self-care yeah so um do you have any thoughts about period pain and period health in general um nothing nothing extra i mean i i pretty much agree with everything that you were saying that just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal Mm -hmm. and even now like looking back even though my my periods personally were very regular they were extremely painful and i would be like sick to my stomach for days and i would be like doubled over like all the things that we're describing um and i always like i also always had like um suspicions that maybe i had like a thyroid level Mm -hmm. imbalance or something but it was because like I was regular, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never felt like it was necessary for me to like go and, you know, get or ask for help or have like mom and dad take me to the doctor. Or, right. Or something like that. So I think that's something that contributed to a lot of other health issues that mm-hmm. I have now like spilled over into my adulthood and also at, did affect me like during postpartum and everything. Mm, yeah. Like may have affected like getting postpartum depression and anxiety and even those sorts of things like it's all connected like you were saying so yeah i would say don't wait <laughs> don't, yeah don't yeah. wait until like you were saying until you're like trying to have a kid or whatever like do it now like just for yourself yeah and don't wait till it's unbearable like yeah 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 don't wait until you're like suffering yeah like, if you see any sort of imbalance in your body like we should address it so that it doesn't escalate to yeah. that unbearable point, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so since we are, you know, obviously we recommend going to a doctor. If your doctor's not helping you, go to another doctor. Like, we have that power. Like, we have that ability. And like, yes, it's annoying to call your insurance and try to switch care and da-da-da-da. But like, how can we take care of our husbands and our children if we're not taking care of ourselves? Mm-hmm. If we're like, well, we don't have time because whatever, you know, because I'm dealing with the kids or I have to da, 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 like having a discussion with our husbands about, you know, can we work this into the budget? Can can you please like, I, can you help me find a babysitter for two hours so that I can go to the doctor? Like do what you need to do because taking care of your body is going to help you take care of others, you know? Um, and so another way that we can take care of our bodies is period self-care. So how do, well, we'll talk about how we um, manage period pain, period, um, how like our discomfort and the products that we use and stuff that helps us manage our menstrual cycle. Because again, it's a part of our lives. It's how God made us. And it's a good thing. Like we should, we should stop saying that the period is the curse. We should stop saying that the period is, you know, this thing that's inconvenient in our lives. Like this is how God made our bodies. And the primary role of our period is so that we have the ability to bear children. Yeah. And also like we should be um, empowered as women that we have this thing that's that God created in our bodies. So we should not, not look at it as this nasty thing that we want to get rid of. And I think when we talk about NFP too, we can kind of get more into it. But like when when somebody comes to me and says, I've been on the pill for this long or I'm using this um, birth control method or whatever, and I haven't had my period in years. It's awesome. 
Like that makes me sad because little do they know, like there's so much education about how our periods like help our bodies and heal our bodies Mm -hmm. and are there for a reason. Yes. And if you do not have a period, like that does not mean that you're healthy. It just means you're trying to suppress something because it's inconvenient for your life. It's a bandaid over it, but it's not, it's not healing anything. Yeah. You're just covering up something else. And so if you, if you are on long-term birth control or if you are, or naturally, because there was a point where I lost my period for a while naturally, and I wasn't on anything, um, that you lose your period, like we should really, really like go to a doctor and address those things. And somebody that understands the necessity of having a period and how we can take care of it. Yes. Um, so Marcella, how do you self-care um, pain or discomfort when yeah. you're on your period? So for me, like my period management, I guess you would say has evolved over the years. Back in the day, it would be laying in bed um, with a heating pad. Probably that was like the most helpful thing along with like taking over the counter like pain medication. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was pretty much what worked for me. I think I like took away too much pain medication (laughs) when I was younger. Mm. But again, it's going back to the... You know, I had really long, heavy, very painful periods. And so sometimes that was the only, I had a very, very busy schedule. Even as a high schooler, I, my schedule was absolutely insane. I think back to that time and think, how the heck was I doing everything that I was doing? Yeah. I know. Um, same. I'm like, what? How, how? did we function? <laughs> I don't know. Did we sleep? I don't know. Did we eat? But I guess like you're able to do those things because you don't have the mental load of like being an adult and being on your own. And yeah, that's like, it's, it's just it's it's different. So yeah. I think back to that time and like sometimes that was the only way I was able to function if I was taking medication mm-hmm. and sometimes I wasn't able to, you know, rest or anything. But if I was able to like heating pads, heating pads were very helpful. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, if I get my period, um, my son doesn't care. <laughs> like he's not like, okay, mom, he's not like tuck me I'll in the bed. You like you go rest mommy. It's okay. <laughs> like he has no clue. So for me, like I can't just like sit. I'm a lot more, um, chill during that time. Yeah. I don't take on a lot of, um, you know, like social things um my schedule i keep my schedule very light i usually don't like try to hang out with people mm-hmm. i have jed do more of the chores i have him do more of the errands if i'm not feeling well yeah. um but i can't i can't like sit in bed all day and a lot of mothers will relate to this you can't just sit in bed and like have your heating pad on you and just like chill out you know yeah. it's just unrealistic unless you have somebody who can help you so you can go rest Um, but you know, my husband works full time and I'm at home almost full time. So that's kind of impossible for us. Um, so what I, what I usually do now is, um, I'll do like pain medication, maybe the first couple of days. And then on like the third day of my period, I'll kind of do a combination of like a lower dosage of of pain meds along with magnesium, which has really been helpful. And mm-hmm. then I continue the magnesium as my period gets lighter just to help with the cramping and everything. Cause I get like horrible back pain. And like when you have, you know, toddlers that are, they need to be held constantly. Like it really wears on your system. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, and I didn't take magnesium when I was younger and I wish I had known back like in high school that that would have been really helpful instead of just like, popping pills yeah (laughs) like for my 
whole period. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I do. And that helps me like at least to stay functioning. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then if Jed is able to take over, somebody's able to take care of Seth for a little bit. I mean, it's just like laying down. If I can get it, if I can get mm-hmm. a heating pad, that's usually really helpful. Or sometimes I just like, I have to leave the dishes and I just have to sit on the floor with Seth and just like play with him on the floor. And yeah. sometimes that's the best that I can do is just like to get off my feet for as long as I can. So no, that's good advice. Cause I think there's a lot of things that you can do depending in your, depending on your current lifestyle. And yeah. if you have children, if you don't have children and, or if you work and you have no choice, you got to go to work. Like, right. yeah. There's a lot of things that we can do to manage. So I think, um, for me too, um, heating heat really helps. Yes. Um, I have since, um, had a massager that massages my back that heats up and that really helps. Cause I get a lot of back pain and um uterine pain um all the time even when I'm not on my period so I heavily utilize any massagers or heating pads on a regular basis and also I've only recently been using magnesium because unfortunately because of how many years and how much I take painkillers my liver is not looking good right now I just got some um, lab work done and my liver was not looking good. So the doctor has instructed me not to um, take pain medication for a month to see if it'll help my liver function to normalize. So um, I'm doing a lot of things for pain management right now. I'm doing magnesium um, and a small dose of Tylenol if it's unbearable. And also CBD oil has been so helpful. I'm, I'm always a big believer in CBD oil for anxiety and sleep and all that stuff, but I've been taking it throughout the day too, to help with pain management. Mm. Um, and, it, and what CBD oil does for me is it relaxes my muscles. So uh, your uterus is a muscle and your back, um, has muscles in it. So it does help relax, um, those things, um, in my body. And, um, I also have been using hemp cream, um what else have I been using for pain uh water drinking water all the time water like that makes a really big difference if I'm hydrating my body all the time then my period pain is so much less um like aggravated yeah I I also feel like for me when I'm dehydrated Mm -hmm. my periods are heavier yes I, when I'm I, hydrated, yeah. it's way more manageable. Yeah. And I'm I'm not talking like you're drinking like four glasses of water a day. Like drink a gallon. Yes. <laughs> Legit. Like, like literally drink a gallon a day. Yeah. And it's hard because you're like, you're already in pain. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want my bladder to be full like all day. And I'm going pee all day. But it literally helps so, so, so much. Yeah, I, I forgot agree. to mention that. Yeah. And also eating nourishing foods during mm-hmm. your cycle because our body like craving food and i'm not saying don't indulge yourself because oh i do like if i want a stinking cookie i'm gonna have a stinking (laughs) cookie like it's just you know whatever um but if i'm nourishing my body throughout my cycle my periods are less painful my fatigue is a lot less and i'm actually strengthening my body so if your body is craving certain foods it's because it's lacking nourishment it doesn't mean that it needs salt or needs sugar like it means that you you're lacking nourishment in your diet and so and so, there's sometimes where i think we should honor our cravings but then there's some things where i think we should honor our nourishment more and think about Pro, like foods that can really help our cycles yeah. be less traumatic. 
Yeah, sometimes sometimes self-care involves like eating things you don't you aren't necessarily craving but you know it's going to be better yes. for you. It's going to make you feel better in the yes. long run. It's not like a short-term no, that's satisfaction. True. That's true because I feel like when people think of self-care, they think of eating a tub of ice cream and a bottle of wine. And sure, sometimes that is, but like ultimately is that going to help our bodies heal? No. So it's like instead yeah. of eat, drinking a whole bottle of wine and a pint of ice cream, why don't we get have like one scoop of ice cream and half a glass of wine and maybe a huge bottle of water after? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. there are certain things where we can still enjoy our food and enjoy you know especially when we're cycling like cycling like we're like we're riding a bicycle um no when when we're on our cycle um that we can still you know honor our cravings but doing it in a way where we're still nourishing our bodies and we're honoring our hunger also um so yeah and then obviously take a probiotic like we say oh, yes. all the time yeah probiotic, probiotics probiotic. are awesome that'll help keep the acne at bay during your cycle that'll help so many things and hydrating is going to help your acne at bay mm-hmm. because i have pretty bad period acne and i know oh, you same. do too i have really bad like pms acne mm-hmm. so i don't get it while i'm on my period it's the worst like five days before i start and then like a few days after i finish yes i have really bad flare-ups um and then the last thing that i want to say before we talk about period products um that I know this might sound this might be easier for for others than it is for some but we really do need to allow our bodies to rest in in, in any capacity if we're experiencing pain and discomfort. Sometimes pushing through is not the answer because yeah. pushing through pain can cause more inflammation, more stress, higher cortisol le- levels like all that. You know what I mean? So, like Marcel was saying, like instead of running around with Seth she sits on the floor and quietly plays with him if she's in pain. You know what I mean? Like there's some things that people can manage and you know what that is for you. Like for me, um, I work ha- I work m- half days like outside of the home. I work like four to four to five hours outside yeah, like of the home. Afternoon evenings. in the afternoon afternoon. So in order to honor my body and to take care of it, I rest a lot in the morning. So in the first, I I talked about in my winter favorites episode last week or two weeks ago, um, that I do like a hard chill in the morning and allow my body to wake up gradually. And I rest my body so that when I'm ready to roll, like I have the energy that I need to go to work and to get my chores done and cook and all that stuff. So whatever that means for you, like don't push through pain, don't push through, discomfort like and if there is a way that you are able to rest your body and if that means the dishes stay in the stink sink that day dirty if that means like you ask your husband to throw together mac and cheese like you know what i mean exactly and two, like i'm gonna keep saying it but communicating with our spouses when we are in pain or discomfort and asking for help like some women feel like they they shouldn't do that or that they can't do it that they need to take care of everything even when they are in a bad way you know what i mean but we we should really try and 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 strive for communicating what we need to to get help from them during those times because then it gives then we're not like resenting them for not jumping to action and help because yeah. a lot of the time they don't know. Yeah, they're not going to know unless you speak up and say something. And they're something. not going to take hints so stop dropping it. Just say, "Excuse me, can you please help?" 
back. Yeah. And, and we're like, can you like take the kids for like an hour yes. so I can like go lay down yes. or something? And, or even like I've had a really long day, like, and I know we had this dinner plan, but like, can you please go drive through so-and-so place and yeah. grab dinner? Like, and, and, you know, like, it's just something we have to practice. And, yes. And two, if, if we're consistent, if we're consistent with it and asking for help and, and communicating how we're feeling, then they kind of know the drill when the time comes. Yeah. Like, and then you'd have to communicate less what you need and want because right. they know. You yeah. Know? And even if you're not able to, like, completely give up, like, maybe, maybe you, like, absolutely have to do the dishes like there's no way out of it Mm -hmm. make it easier on yourself grab a stool and sit while you're doing the dishes or sit while cooking yes sit while you're cooking (laughs) sit at the stove and and cook while sitting i've done that before yeah same i have i've done that before i've I've had to pull a chair up and sit at the stove and stir the soup or whatever still have duties to do yeah sit sit and fold the laundry sit on your bed get something comfortable as uh, as much as you can get off of your feet probably the better yeah and having something with back support yes yeah definitely yeah okay cool so let's get into period products this is where we might be a little controversial here but you know we'll just you know take what you want and throw out what you don't care about (laughs) so i have a lot of different um opinions about period products and a lot of it has to do with what is normalized or what is you know okay or what is best for our bodies um, there are a lot of health risks for long-term use of um, pads and tampons that you get at the grocery store or whatever. Um, and you see, you hear those horror stories of toxic shock syndrome of somebody losing their arm or their leg or almost dying from leaving a tampon in too long or, you know what I mean? Those type of stories that you hear. Yeah. But the reality is there's a lot of things that can happen with your body that aren't TSS. Like it can... Um, increase your increase your likelihood of getting um, yeast infections and UTIs back and other bacterial infections. It could also, um, if you've been wearing um, tampons or pads for a long period of time, like if you think about it, there's foreign bodies inside of your vagina for a long time. And even if you're diligent about changing it all the time, um, tampons and pads soak and keep the blood near your inside of your vaginal canal or I'm sorry yeah your vaginal canal or like you're sitting in it and so if you think about the bacteria the the bacteria and also mixing that together with microplastics and synthetic fibers and all that stuff yeah like there's a lot of things that can go wrong and I don't want to say that to scare people but that really made me take a swerve (laughs) to to be like I need to reevaluate how I'm how I'm treating my body because there are scientific studies that a lot of um, people that are in the menstrual um, industry, industry like reproductive health industry, where the there's a lot of um, indications of, I'm sorry, there's correlations between period products and pain yes. and severity yes. of your period, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Like, and I've, I've experienced this firsthand. Same. Yeah. And it's like, I did not know that my period was being affected by the period products that I was putting, that I was using. Like, it's mind blowing. Like, shouldn't we, shouldn't the industry think about 
what can help our periods yeah. and help our health. But yeah. no, if you think about it, like the people that are the big boys in um, the period product industry, they're not thinking about your reproductive health. They're thinking about their, how can I make, how money? can I make a buck? Yeah. And, and how can I use cheaper products to make more money? You know what I mean? So do you have any thoughts about that, about health risks with um, period products? I mean, we'll probably get more into it, but we're, even if you're, if you're really like, I still want to use my tampons and pads, we're going to give you better, better versions of (laughs) if you're still really adamant about using, which I understand like some women, it's just, it's just comfortable for them. And and I do know there are some women that have conditions with their pelvic floor or a lot of other things Mm -hmm. where it is almost impossible to insert something up into there comfortably or they have another underlying condition where they're unable to so we're going to give you guys some alternatives that we think we will be better for your body yes and for the environment so let me tell you quickly for those that care about environmental impact um 200 000 tons of waste is accumulated worldwide with period products so our period products just go into our ocean if we flush it down the toilet which is terrifying to think about and if it's a pad or another um disposable thing um it's going into landfill and also the plastic applicators that oh yeah come for with tampons for, for the tampons yeah so that is a lot Two hundred thousand tons so i think an elephant is one ton right i think that's what we learned when we were in school Gosh, so I think of two hundred thousand elephants worth are you sure it's one ton? I think Maybe so. Maybe it's five tons. I no, don't know. it's not. I think it's one ton. Because when I'm we were in school, two, they're like one I'm ton. I'm thinking of 2,500 pounds. <laughs> Can you right? look it up really quick? How much does an elephant weigh? This is so unrelated. <laughs> but It's going to bother. Weight yeah. in tons. Okay. What does it say? Um... Um, it's kind of, it, there's a range between two and seven tons or three and four tons. That's terrifying. Per elephant. So lots of elephants. Or two, yeah. Worth of waste. <laughs> Just think of a massive mountain of elephants and then think about that's how many, how much waste is accumulated. Per year, yeah. Per year. So, and then also traditional pads, I don't think we ever think about this, but traditional pads are 90% plastic in synthetic fibers it is so bad for your body and that stuff does not break down into the environment it doesn't it lasts forever like if if you heard us talk um in our sustainability 101 um episode i talk about microplastics which means plastic that just gets smaller and smaller but never ever disappears or disintegrates so what it does is it gets into our water and into our drinking water where we drink and we shower and we brush our kids teeth with so we should really 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 consider the environmental impact and how it affects our bodies once it is um broken down per se yeah so marcel what are some alternatives to traditional pads and tampons okay so if you need to use pads or tampons and we'll we'll talk about other things besides those as well if you need to use them we highly recommend using organic cotton-based products Mm -hmm. and it's become more popular now probably in the last like four to five years of organic cotton um menstrual hygiene products um so there are some i've used one in particular called bloom it's actually a feminine hygiene product subscription Mm. company 
and you can customize how many tampons, what kind, like which flow, um, and pads. You can customize how many of them, or even if you just use tampons or you just use pads. And they send you a box every month. It's very discreet. Um, and I used that for a while, actually, when Jen yeah. and I first got married. Um, I used that a lot, and they were awesome. And they're all organic, cotton-based, and they worked well. Yeah. It wasn't, like, sometimes you use, like, the kind of, like, knockoff brands or whatever of, like, feminine hygiene products, and they don't, like, absorb as well, or maybe, mm-hmm. like, you leak easier. Um, but they worked amazingly. So I highly recommend Bloom in particular, just because I have, like, personal experience. Um, or think about using a cloth pad or period underwear which i've never used either of them so i know neither have i but um in the sorry i just knocked the microphone in the low waste zero waste community a lot of people that don't use um cups use cloth pads which are washable and reusable and some people can be really irked by that but say you want to start transitioning to a cup but you are super scared that you're gonna leak or you have really heavy periods where you just can't predict, you know, it would be, it's better to have if you're going to double up. Cause I know there are people that will use a tampon and a pad because oh, of yeah, how heavy I would have is. to do that. So yeah. if you're using like an organic cotton based tamp- tampon from Bloom or another company, um, then you can like throw on that cloth pad and that's just kind of like your safety. And they're really cheap and they have beautiful, and I've heard a lot of people say, it they're is more the, comfortable the, they're so much more comfortable it's just like underwear like because if you think about oh my gosh i'm so glad i don't wear pads anymore like they're so uncomfortable and they like stick to your leg in your jeans and i just <laughs> oh you guys i have so many horror stories of thing like things that went wrong and then you and then you see it if you're wearing tight pants and it's oh my god I just, it just hurts me to think about but yeah if you use a cloth one you're not going to have that problem it's just it like snaps to your underwear so there's mm. no sticky whatever it's so much more comfortable and then there's also period underwear which oh, one of these I've days heard, i don't know there's I've so heard many mixed reviews yes, about it yes i've heard so many mixed reviews there are people who are like oh my gosh it's the best and other people that are like it literally was the worst thing ever yeah. you just have to try it yourself if it's something think, that you're interested in i think it in. would be a good thing to have as like a safety you know what i mean yeah maybe but it, not it, it would probably be more comfortable than I like know, having something there's attached. this one influencer that i follow on youtube that that's what she does like she, it's, it's period only period underwear. underwear like that's her only thing i feel like there's somebody i also know on youtube i wonder if it's the same person Could i don't be. remember we'll talk later i don't remember but legit i'm like how 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 but apparently it is more absorbent than three supersized pads and it's thin like it's not it's just the nature of the material the material but i've also heard that 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 period under wouldn't be good to be the primary thing that you wear because again exposing our body to bacterial and you know infections and stuff Mm -hmm. like that because it sits there yeah anyway those are our alternatives to tampons and pads and most of those products are super affordable they're affordable and they're a better alternative and yeah like my my bloom subscription box and this is coming from somebody who had very heavy periods who well still has very heavy periods but i would be using a lot of tampons or pads like Mm -hmm. every time i would have my period and i think my boxes were like 12 dollars a month yeah super cheap like so cheap and the fact that you can customize exactly how many Mm -hmm. you want of 
of which product and which flow and everything was phenomenal yeah like so amazing man i wish we had a code for that guys but sorry not I this think time I, I think <laughs> i i've i had a referral link for it in the past for like my own personal like mm-hmm. advertisement but i don't know i can okay. s- i can see if i can get it get it again okay so should we talk about the cup oh yes so first let's talk about how we came to be a cup user so i have been using a cup since 2019 so two years and yeah, it was the beginning of the two, of 2019. So yeah, it's it's officially been two years, and it it was because of absolute necessity that I needed to get it because, like I said, my periods became super traumatic and they escalated to a point where I was bleeding for months and months, and they were extremely heavy. And so you can imagine how much money I was dropping on tampons, and it was crazy. Like when I looked at my bill for like the month from like how many times I went to Walgreens to get tampons, like just regular Tampax tampons, hundreds of dollars. And so I was just sick and tired of dealing with period products, especially with how long I bleed. I needed something more convenient and that wasn't going to rule my life. And then also something that was more budget friendly. And then now being more economically conscious, um, I mean, I can't imagine how much, how much waste I have prevented in two years of not using um, yeah. other products. So I am a convert. There is not one pad or tampon in my house. I have two cups. One is a diva cup and the other one is a salt cup, which you might've seen ads for before. I love them. I changed, I interchange between them because my periods are so heavy. So I make sure that I'm switching it up once in a while so I can properly sanitize them. But I am a full believer. I will never, ever, ever go back. So let us have the discussion to, if you've been thinking about it, this is the official PSA, just do it. Like if you've been thinking about, or you have one sitting in your, in your um, bathroom bathroom that you're, you're just, you're staring at it and you're like, how the heck am I getting this this? up there? Like, we're going to help you walk through as much as we can verbally. And then I'll link a couple of videos that really helped me um, to comfortably use it. So Marcel, how did you come by using the cup? Well, you started using it and then you were always talking about it. And I had, you know, you always see advertisements, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like on your Instagram or Facebook or whatever about um, period cups. And so I was always very interested, but I think I just felt like, oh my gosh, it's so much work, like just to try to like figure out how it works and like how to use it. And like, I was also really scared because I do have really heavy periods. Yeah. It was like, I'm worried about leaking. Like, is it actually going to be able to like catch everything? Like, I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I started using it, I think about six months ago. I think that's and how long it's been. Oh, it's amazing. I'll never go back to anything else. Bless. It's I'm the so best. Glad. I'm so yeah. glad. It, okay. So let's talk about the benefits. Okay. So I'm trying to read my notes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so the benefits are. First of all, it is more money up front. It's like $30 typically 
and less. So like, I think 30 is about the most expensive one I've seen. No, I've seen them for like 40. Okay. Well, I think mine was like be. 40. My diva cup it was depends. about 40. It depends on the Before brand you that you it. get. Um, my first, the fir- my first cup was the diva cup because I trusted it. It's been on the market the longest. And I actually listened to a lot of interviews that the owner, yeah. so I really believed in, in their mission and, and that's, their company. That's the one that I use also. I yeah. have a diva cup. And then I only recently bought the salt cup and I think that was $20 for the salt cup. And the salt cup was a big boy. It's a big one. When I got it, I was like, ooh. Is it bigger <laughs> so, than the Diva Cup? Yeah. <laughs> oh my but, gosh. But I needed something for my heavier days. Um, oh. So that one was the best. So the other benefits are, so, okay, it's more money up front, more, but you never have run, to buy anything ever again. No. Like, you they can tell use, you to get one a year? Yeah, you can make, <laughs> my Diva Cup I've had for two years. It's just so that you can buy another one. I don't know. Like if, 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 if you're, you're sanitizing, sanitizing it, it yeah. you can use it until it stops working, which I mean, if, because it's made out of silicone, which i if you do get something, you should get something made out of silicone and not rubber because there's like differences on how your pH is affected by it. Mm. So make sure you get a silicone one. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of different types of cups so obviously like you know marcel and i both really love the diva cup but do your own research you know and see what you'd like also there's different sizes so there's a small size cup which is what i would love lord willing if i have teenage daughters in the future that i would love to get them started on that immediately it's made for um young girls Mm. girls are teenagers um and then there's a bigger size for um an adult and then there's, so like, I think it's like 16 to 18, you can start wearing it. And then the large size is if you have a larger cervix and, and, or if you've given birth vaginally. So, which I've been able to use the regular size. I didn't have to get the large size. Okay. So it really depends um, yeah. if it, it, and two, another, another thing is you can ask your doctor the next time you get a pap, like how much how big you can ask if they can measure your cervix so you kind of have an idea um oh okay so next time you go to the gyno maybe you can ask them like hey can you you know measure my cervix so i kind of know how big of a cup to get but i mean or you can just get the normal size and if it was too small then get the big size and give you know the small size to somebody else i don't know unless you put it in your vagina that don't but <laughs> yeah do they let you return those types of things? i don't think so but you're kind of i have a small one that i bought an accident and now it's just like chilling there but i've never used it so i'm gonna probably give it to somebody oh, okay later on but um another benefit is seeing what is actually coming out of your body it is awesome like it it has made me so much more aware of what is happening during my period because before when using tampons and pads everything soaks in and you can't really tell what is there like or how you just much. see a color or how yeah. much and so you get to see exactly how much and even most cups have like little lines to tell you like the measurement oh yeah 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 so like how many so if you're tracking specifically or right. if your doctor's asking you you know how much are you bleeding you can say exactly how much in a 12 hour span so it depends on your flow um, I, if I have a normal period, like a normal flow period, um, I can go all day without changing it and all night without changing it. And if I'm having a really heavy day, I have to change it once in the middle of the day. Mm. So I, I so change for, it. So for a normal period, you. Once you, in the morning. You put, yeah. You insert in the morning and then again, right before you go to yeah. bed. Okay. 
And then if I have a heavier day, I just empty it out in the middle of the day. But again, it depends on your period. But you should at least do once in the morning, once at night. Um, And it's messy. So do it in the shower. Or, you know, I would say the first couple times you try it, do it in the shower. Do it in the shower, yeah. Because, I suggest that too. Yeah, get more, get comfortable with, with doing it and figuring out how to put it in and pull it out comfortably. And then yeah. you can and then kind of you do don't it. have to be careful about like spilling. Yeah, you can make a huge mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you get comfortable, then you can start doing it. You know, if you don't want to be in the shower twice a day, you can just pull it out, empty it in the toilet and then wash it out in your sink with warm water which is usually what I do at night because I'm a morning shower taker. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of anything. That might be kind of hard if your toilet is far away from oh, yeah. your sink. Because I, I have a wall now in between our toilet and that sink. So I don't sucks. know how. I have to figure that out now. Yeah. I'm not really sure. So, um, yeah. So that's a huge benefit. Not worrying about have to, having to change it all the time. Yeah, like every four hours. All right, I gotta Which go is in. because of TSS, that's what people... You have to be recommend very, very diligent with yeah. with tampons or pads but you don't have to worry about it with a cup and how i keep it clean i mean you can say what you do but i just rinse it out with warm water don't put soap in it please yeah no <laughs> your 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 body's ph your vagina cleans itself and so it will it will be okay yeah as long as you rinse everything off yeah it should be fine and then after i'm done using the cup so say my period is over or i'm ready to change to a different cup because i mean i bleed for a long time um i boil it with baking soda for five minutes and oh, it, i just boil it i've never used baking soda maybe I'll i do, i use the baking soda just to kind of get the stains and the smell oh. the odor so if you have an odor with your period which also is an indicator that something could be wrong so go to the doctor um if you have a really strong odor or if you have stains on your cup, then adding baking soda to boiling water for five minutes really helps keep it nice and clean. Mm. So yeah, um, there's a lot of different ways to put it in. So I'm going to put some videos because we cannot really describe yeah, <laughs> how to do it, to, but yeah. it is a learning curve and I recommend not doing it your first couple days of your period if you're, if you're, um, if you're wanting to try it for your next period, I would I say mean, I did that. Ugh, it just, it's hard to do. Cause it's, especially if you have a heavy period the first couple of days and you're trying to figure out how to put it in and then there's like blood squirting everywhere. I it's actually found really stressful. I, th- I don't know. I think it, for me, I think it was easier. Cause w- there was more lubrication. Yes. Okay. So that makes sense. I guess try it. Yeah on your first day and then you can really see like all right does this thing really work yeah you know with my heaviest day and i for the first two days i still wear i i do like an organic cotton panty liner because Mm -hmm. sometimes i'll still leak i've tried you know the twisting with the suction and everything you'll see it in the videos that we end up linking but there's different ways that you can seal it Mm -hmm. like in your vaginal canal so that it doesn't leak but um no, yeah, it, sometimes stuff just gets by. <laughs> yeah, and two, I would recommend the first time you do it, and this is what I always tell my friends and family members that try it, I'm like, take a nice hot shower, like, turn the lights off, make it real chill, stress-free, light some candles. Yeah, like, don't do it when you're in a pinch don't do on it, time no, or anything. Don't do, do it, it when you're in a rush. Or something. Do yeah. it when you're super relaxed and you're clean, and then do it. And then take your time 
and take deep breaths when you're doing it because when you're doing it, when you're first learning, you it is forget, much different. You forget how to yeah, you forget how to breathe because you start getting stressed, and then and two, when the first time you take it out, be real stress free, like really calm. You have to relax. You can't. Your, your cup can't get lost in your vagina. Don't worry. Like I think the first that's a lot of people's fears is like, how am I going to get it out and how am I going to find it? So you just stick your hand far up your your cervix. And you find the little, like, what is it? Like a little pulley tab. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to use, which I'm really glad that I, I'm, I've i been using this before I ever give birth vaginally because- Oh, like your- your My kegel, pelvic floor? Your kegel muscles or whatever. I <laughs> can squeeze out a cup in two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you do have to do some pelvic floor, like- Pushing down pushing, to the ground. Bearing and, down. Yeah. So, like, have a wide leg, like, spread eagle. <laughs> Whatever. Put a leg put, up on the shower. Put a leg up on the on shower the or and practice when you're, when you're just pushing down, bearing down, and then stick your hand up there and pull it out. You'll so be able to find it, yeah. You'll be able to find it. Don't worry. And then if you can't find it the first time, relax. Finish your shower. Try again. Try again. Later. Like, don't, don't put pressure on yourself. Because I remember... <laughs> The first time I did it, I was like, I'm going to for sure pass out. I'm going to pass out and nobody's going to find me. (laughs) I'm going to be like passed out in the shower. I think I think what's intimidating about it is the fact that it's so much larger than like a tampon, if that's what you're used to. But the videos that we're going to have linked, they'll show you how to fold it up correctly. So it's smaller. Yeah. yeah, so that it's easier to get up there. But yeah. pull I think pulling it out is sometimes a little bit more um it takes more skill sometimes. Yeah. But I'm telling you guys, like the first the first couple times I tried it, I was like, oh, like, but I pushed through and now I don't even think about it. It's like the fastest thing ever to take it out and put it in. I don't stress out about it. I do have a like a trick with taking it out just to make it a little bit like less painful because even sometimes if you have like a heavy tampon like sometimes those can kind of be a little bit painful taking Mm, out if you're not taking them out correctly so what i've found with taking out the cup is if you can kind of get a finger like to fold one side of it Mm. and push it towards your back Okay. So push yeah. it towards your butt essentially and then pull it out that way. Yeah. No, I feel like that idea. hurts less yeah. than just like pulling it out straight. Yeah. So try that. No, I agree. See if that helps. I'm trying to think, is there any other tips that we have for the cup? Just get one. Like <laughs> just try it. And two, like if you've given it a real go and like you're like, I can't do this, then it's okay. Don't worry. You're not you can just opt for whatever you've been doing before and maybe find healthier alternatives for your body and for the environment. But we are huge cop converts and we are spreading the word because it is life-changing. And so I wanted to tell you guys before we finish up um, our episode with, um, let's see, I had it up and now it's gone. Uh, We had a poll and I want to tell you guys what the results of the poll were. So it looks like pads got the biggest votes 17 votes for pads that people use um and this is in our young and wiped up facebook group 12 votes for menstrual cups so that's awesome and encouraging um but a couple of those people that voted for menstrual cup also said that they have one but they haven't tried it yet and they're terrified Mm. (laughs) so hopefully this this episode can help um 
you not be so scared about it. And then we had 11 votes for tampons and one vote for a menstrual disc. The only thing that I would say about a menstrual disc is it is full of plastic and is still has the same issues as any disposable pad or tampon would have. Um, so even if you do use it and you like it, um, I say like, why not just get a, a cup. Just get a cup, yeah. Just get a cup and you can have it and it's you don't have- It's a pretty similar Because product. menstrual discs you have to keep buying because it's a disposable um, option. And no votes for period underwear. So everybody is skeptical like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we finish up, um, I just thought that that was interesting. Um, I just want, we want to emphasize again, communicating with our spouses um, and to- being on our period does not give us a free pass to act however we want. And I think that the culture has pushed, like, we need to have, um, we need to have the ability to act however we want, especially if we're in pain. And I think that if we're being self-aware of greater weakness or temptation to sin or to be cranky or have a bad attitude and like, I get it, like the mood swings are real and it does affect your body like it does affect your body and how you um how you handle things coming at you because your hormones are affected to are are affect your emotions yeah so it does make it harder it makes it harder but i think that i need need to like share i need to share something about this that's okay specific so one time last year so this was like after having seth and like my periods were kind of back to normal Mm -hmm. Jed and I, okay, I'll be honest. Jed and I don't fight very often. We have we have a lot of fun together, but there we'll have like one fight a month. And it's and a big it's boy. A blow up. <laughs> and it's not even like there were like all these little things that were happening throughout the month and then it just all kind of came out. It'll literally just come out of nowhere. Yeah. Like no leading up to it. It's just like boom we like hate each other yeah (laughs) so there was a few months where i have like a period tracker app i use this one called clue i highly recommend it it's really Mm -hmm. good um and i decided to see because it shows you where where you are like based off of you like log in your period like in your calendar and stuff well, it shows you when you're in um, like your your menstrual cycle and then when you're in your um, luteal phase mm-hmm. or in your ovulation, mm-hmm. which is after your period. And then your luteal phase, I think, is right before you start your period again. So between ovulation and your next menstrual cycle. Okay. And I noticed literally to the day... It was always three days before I started my period. up. We would get into a fight. I'm pretty sure. Literally three days before I would start my period. Wow. And so I was like, oh, (laughs) this is very telling. That is very telling. So I was like, maybe this really has nothing to do with our relationship. But I end up becoming far more sensitive Mm, to mm -hmm. things that in my environment or even things that he says that maybe i would be like oh my god that's so funny or like that's such a funny joke or something and then all of a sudden i'm like (laughs) you're terrible like i can't believe you would say something like that i get so mad at him and then they would turn to this whole thing so even like 
tracking mm. when you get into like these moods and if you're convinced like this isn't because i'm hormonal um it actually might be and yeah. that's something that i realize so now during that time if i know when that's coming and it may happen during ovulation for you it may happen yeah it happens it for just depends yeah. yeah but for me it was literally to the day and that's i was like crazy. that is so insane so now during that time I usually take that time to maybe like spend more time doing more self-care like by mm -hmm. myself mm -hmm. like alone because I know that he's just gonna take me off like for yeah. no reason so I don't necessarily avoid him but I'm more aware like listen you and I joke around a lot and I can usually take it but during this time I'm just I don't have thick skin and I yeah. just have to accept, you know? And so I try not to put myself in situations with Jed or other people where I'm like, I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna get into a fight with him because I know like my moods, I'm way more self-aware of how yeah. I'm feeling. And I try to communicate with him like, listen, I'm feeling really sensitive. So just be sweet to me, please. Yeah. <laughs> and no, usually yeah. he knows like, okay, I, you know, this isn't a good time to joke around mm -hmm. about certain things or yeah. whatever. And I think too, like it, it's all about expressing how, what's going on. Yes. And then too, like, if you're doing what you need to do, like you're in your word, you're praying, you're preparing yourself for your day, you know, like you you know that you're about your sensitivity levels are higher mm -hmm. and then communicating that with our spouses like the likelihood of something blowing up is so much less doesn't yes. mean it won't happen or doesn't mean like you won't say a stupid comment but then apologize i'm sorry i said that i sorry yes. i was mm -hmm. having a bad attitude and there's no excuse for that but I'm just letting you know, like, I'm in a lot of pain and I should have expressed that earlier today, but instead I decided to snap at you. You know what I mean? And right. it's like, there's so many things that we can do better. You know what I mean? And yeah. neither of us do this perfectly because we still like give in. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah, totally. But then too, like being super self-aware and then also like praying that our husbands would be understanding during that time. And yeah. I'm, I'm really blessed because my husband is the most patient understanding man I've ever met and he needs to be <laughs> because I am I just come with a lot of <laughs> my own sin and so because of that like he is so tender to me and then if I communicate like I need tenderness like yes. he'll do it yeah and if our husbands aren't doing that we need to pray you know if we're not if we need to express it but then if it's not happening, you know, it's like, okay, like, I'm still going to be obedient. I'm still going to do what I need to do, you know, and I'm going to pray that, you know, God would soften his heart mm -hmm. and that he would be tender towards me. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, yeah, because uh, I know, I think that, I mean, we have to address it because it is, it is a part of our cycle and our hormones and our emotions. And so let's be prepared for greater temptation during those times yeah <laughs> okay yeah. so we're gonna wrap up the episode so let's take a quick break and we'll be back with this week's homemaking fails I don't know about you, but I'm always on the hunt for a convenient shopping experience. However, too much of the stuff we buy today is made without any thought of how it will affect our families and the world tomorrow. What if there was an all-around better way to shop? With the convenience that we all want and the confidence that everything is made, packaged, and shipped sustainably. Earth Hero is exactly that. Earth Hero is a one-stop shop for all your sustainable and eco-friendly products. They have so many products ranging from beauty supplies, cleaning products, homeware, 
clothing, baby essentials, and so much more. Join us today on our sustainable journey by using promo code YOUNGANDWIFEDUP for 10% off your entire purchase. Make sure to click the Earth Hero link on our website at youngandwifedup.com to start shopping today. All right, for this week's homemaking fail, we have another um, unfortunate milk Milk incident. Accident. Okay, so this is from um, Shannon. So Shannon says, two months ago, I picked up one gallon of raw milk from a farm. Wow. That's crazy. Goals. Seriously. (laughs) I put it by my five-year-old's feet, assuming he would keep it steady. He did not. And almost the entire gallon spilled in my husband's car. The smell a few days later was horrible. We got the area professionally cleaned and it still smells. The smell seeped into the whole car. Oh my gosh. Now we'll need to take the car to get completely detailed inside. Uh, I remember when this happened because this is Shannon, our Facebook admin. And she was talking to me on Marco Polo and she said, you would not believe what just happened. And then she showed me a picture. She sent me a picture of the milk. Spit it. Imagine milk and then in a hot car for days and days like fermenting fermenting and festering but she only recently got it detailed so that was months ago that this happened that milk was sitting in your car oh my gosh so she tried to she they tried to get it professionally cleaned like soon after it happened but it's oh my gosh that is a nightmare it was in like the the seal like you know because there's fabric everywhere so it's like it's in the ceiling it's in the car the seats and it's on the floor and thank you shannon for sharing your misfortune wow that is really we're so sorry but i'm i think she did say they did recently get a detailed and that she was like the smell's gone oh thank goodness glad for you okay guys thank you so much for hanging out with us this week and we will talk to you next week bye bye